We serve a great God. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Put our hands together.
us with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? Hallelujah. The answer to the question is nothing can stand against us. Hallelujah. Because our God is for us. Hallelujah. We serve an everlasting God, an everlasting Savior. That means no matter what you go through, your trouble and your problems have an expiration date. Our God ever is an everlasting God. Hallelujah. See 
than the word of God. Hallelujah. Because his promises are yes and amen. All right. We said I. another opportunity to minister to these your precious sheep lord we thank you that revelation knowledge will flow freely uninterrupted and unhindered by any satanic or demonic force i thank you father god that it is you doing the thinking the speaking may it be none of me and all of you in jesus name if you agree with that say amen amen go ahead and tell the person nearest to you that you're glad that they made it welcome to world changers church houston amen going to continue on in our series tonight. Uh, we're talking about right living. Right living begins with possessing the power 
to change, right living or right ruling, as also as we call it, begins with possessing the power to change. We talked about this last Wednesday, and then we talked about it again on um, a Sunday. Um, that people who don't change are people who don't what? People who don't grow. If I want to grow, then how many guys know change is a part of growth? And grace has provided us with the power and the ability to change. So the first question I would be asking myself if I were you is where does true change come from? Because in today's society, you know, there's all these different ways and all these different methods, books you can buy and, and things that'll tell you here's how you change. And you may find some success in some things for some time, but true change only takes place when it's an inward change. Amen? Anything you're trying to change on the outside has to begin on the inside. We always say here in World Changers that if we change the way we think, we'll change the way we live because the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. But how do I change the way I think? Is this something I'm responsible for or what is, how does this work? Let's look at a couple of scriptures and we'll begin to answer that question tonight. Uh, let's pick up in Romans chapter 3, verse 20. Romans 3.20, we'll hit a couple of uh, recap scriptures and then we'll dive into the new part on today. Romans chapter 3, verse 20. Uh, in the New Living Translation, it says, for no one can ever be made, what's that next word? Right. For no one can ever be made right, how? With God, by doing, by doing, by doing. By doing what? What the law commands. Now that's a very powerful and bold statement, especially for those who've been raised in the church under, you know, Old Testament religion, if you will. It, it's flat out. Paul is uh, talking to the uh, Romans and he's saying, listen, no one can be changed by their performance or their activity of doing what the law says. Now why is that? Well, there are scriptures all throughout the New Testament that explain very clearly that the law was not given to transform or to change us. Yet people to this day try to say, if I do what the law says, I'll, I'll be a good Christian. If I don't do what the law says, I'm a bad Christian. But this, this scripture is very clear. It says no one can ever be made, ever. No one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. So the more I do the law, the more I'm going to see my what? Sin. Did you know that the law literally exposes and even produces sin in our lives? So how many of you guys know that's not the way to change? No, but you know, I, but, but, but the law is perfect. It is perfect. It is definitely perfect, especially perfect to do its job. It's perfect at showing you that you need a savior. And the true path to change begins with our savior. Let's uh, go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 11. Galatians 3, 11. We're just going to look at a couple of scriptures on this point 
of how change does not begin. Change does not begin with the law. Paul says, I fear for you. Uh, perhaps, uh, it should be Galatians 3.11. Galatians 3.11. Somebody worshiping? Hallelujah. All right. <laughs> so it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. I mean, it's straightforward. No one can be made right with God. Well, why would we need to be made right with God? Well, obviously because of the fall of man. Man fell out of uh, fellowship of being right with God, and man needed to be made right. But that also applies to today's vernacular in the sense of, you know, we think, well, because I, I'm, I'm still living a life of sin, the way to be made right is I got to go back to that Old Testament or that old law, if you will, and if I just do all the rules, then I'll be right with God. Doing the rules doesn't make you right with God. It says, for the scripture's sake, keep going. For the scripture says, <laughs> it is through faith. Somebody say faith. It is through faith that a righteous person has life. So now I'm starting to see what brings about change. I was wrong with God, and now in order to be right with him, there's one particular thing that's going to be required, and that is called faith. If I want to be made right with God, I got to have faith. Somebody say faith. So it's not action in doing the law, but it is indeed faith. Now, your question should be faith in what? Because, okay, so if I want to change, if I want to be made right with God, if I want to stay right with God, uh, what do I do? I, I, I do something? No, it's not about doing, but it is about how we believe. I got to have faith, and we're going to say faith in what in a minute. Uh, let's go to uh, Galatians 2.16. Galatians 2.16. So we just got a little nugget there that's showing us the beginning to transformation or true change or being made right with God is indeed, it starts with faith. Galatians 2, 16 says, yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith, but then this goes one step further, in Jesus Christ. So I'm made right with God. I changed from being wrong with him to being made right with him by faith, but not just faith in general, but faith in Jesus Christ. Not by obeying the law. This scripture just kind of puts it all together. And we have believed in Christ Jesus, keep going, so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because, he literally repeats himself, not because we have obeyed the law. So it's not just that I have faith, it's that I have faith in Jesus Christ. Now, what's so special about Jesus Christ? Somebody say everything. Somebody says he saved me. He fulfilled the law. See that, see, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, to be precise, I have faith in what he did. See, remember, you got to remember who Paul was talking to. He was talking to people who, who some of them knew the law. And some of them understood, no, the law has to, we got to live by the law. That was the command from God. We got to do this. And, and so they, they didn't believe, uh, some of them, that Jesus had did what he did. So as far as they were concerned, there was still a price to pay. 
And if I believe that Jesus filled the law, I believe that the price was paid for my sins. I believe that everything was taken care of. So in believing in Jesus Christ, there is nothing left to do to be made right with God. Does that make sense? Because you got to put yourself back in that time. In that time, it was like, well, no, we still got to, we got something has to, somebody got to do this thing. And Jesus came and he literally fulfilled the law. Now, either you believed that or you didn't. And once you believe that he fulfilled the law, then it was like, well, there's nothing else for me to do to be made right with him. So I receive my rightness or my righteousness by what he did. Now, you bring that up 2,000 plus years later, it's the same thing. It's not me going to church all, uh, every week, uh, even though that's good to do. It's not how long I pray, even though prayer is good. It's not how much I give, even though giving is good. It's not how much I don't, uh, how, how perfect I live, even though right living is good. It's not about all that because Jesus did it all. So I'm right with God. See, what it, what it is is nowadays we, we created a new set of rules. They had, the, they had the actual Old Testament, uh, let me be more specific, they had the actual commandments, and that was their rules. Most of us know we can't do that stuff. But what we've done in today's church is we've created a whole new set of rules. It's like these unsaid things. And depending on your denomination, you have different sets of rules. Amen? I mean, some denominations, if you ain't got that dress on that hit your toes, then, then you wrong. Don't come in here with no makeup on. Yeah, yeah, all the way up there, looking like a Quaker. I mean, oh, I shouldn't have said that because not all the Quakers are going to be like, Lord have mercy. Uh, so sorry, Quakers. Uh, <laughs> you don't ever want to count nobody out from the gospel, amen. Uh, but there's all these rules that we created nowadays that aren't in the, necessarily the Old Testament, but we created this new set of rules, and it's the same thing. He's like, listen, rule keeping is not the answer. Believing in the work of Jesus, believing in his performance is how we're made right with God. Are you seeing that? Amen. Amen. All right, let's look at uh, Romans 7, Romans chapter 7, verse 6. So we're moving pretty quick on this because it's more of a recap, but I want you to get these scriptures and see them because they really help you, and, and, and more than just helping you guys, I want to make sure you have the scriptures and the understanding so that as you're trying to minister this to someone else, that you have the true understanding based on the word. The last thing you want to go try to do is minister grace to somebody and you don't have an understanding based on the word. You know, people will be like, nah, how you know that? Well, uh, uh, in the Bible it says, well, yeah, but show me where. Well, my pastor said, no, uh, <laughs> so this is, these, are, these are multiple scriptures that kind of say the same thing, but this way you have a full understanding. It says, but now we have been, I like this word, released. You were held by the law before Christ, but now you've been released from the law. For we died to it, now it's kind of explaining to you what happened. We died to it and are no longer, captor, uh, no longer captive to its power, and now we can serve God. I, I think that's very interesting that it's saying you couldn't serve God before, apparently, but now you can serve God. Why? Because you qualify. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. Sin is no longer an issue in your life. 
You now qualify as his righteousness because of Jesus. It says, not in the old way by obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the spirit. That's a new little nugget. We saw that if I'm going to change, it's going to require faith, specifically faith in Jesus. And how does living in this freedom look like? How does walking right with God look like? Living in the capital S spirit. Jesus took care of our sin and righteousness issue. He paid the price for our sins, therefore sin has no more dominion in our life. You, you're not going to hell, all of that stuff. Jesus took care of that spiritual issue of sin. But while we walk on earth, how many of you guys know there are still repercussions if you choose to live a wrong life? Natural repercussions. Let me explain that a little better. You can be saved and go out here and let's say shoot somebody and you're going to be saved and in jail. Amen? God, Jesus didn't die so that you could go and shoot somebody and then the law says, well, because you're a Christian and I see the blood of Jesus on your life, we're not going to quote unquote punish you. Now, there is mercy and there's things like that. But in most cases, guess what? You're going to be locked up. They ain't going to let you out. <laughs> there, there, there's going to be an issue with that. However, God loved us so much, he not only took care of our spiritual issue with sin, he also took care of this natural daily issue that one could have with sin. And it is by living in the spirit. Jesus indeed is your savior who made you right with God, who took care of your spiritual issue, but you have the Holy Spirit teaching you, leading you, and guiding you every day. If you choose to listen to him, you won't go out and shoot somebody. You won't cheat on your taxes. You won't lie. You won't do these things, these sin actions, because why? I'm following the Holy Spirit. So I have a solution to my spiritual problem with sin, and I have a solution to my soul problem as it relates to sin. And that process I just described to you is what renewing our minds is all about. It's letting that old mindset go and receiving direction now from the Holy Spirit that says, when we wake up today, here's what we're doing. Here's what we're not doing. Here's where we're going. Here's where we're not going. And he will literally lead you and guide you daily. And the Bible says he will not lead you to sin. So some people say, I, I, I don't know why I can't stop. I know why you can't stop. It's because you haven't renewed your mind and you're not following or living in the spirit. You're still living in your carnal nature. You're saved. Jesus saved you. But the Holy Spirit is not leading you. Does that make sense? So if I want to change, I got to have faith. I got to have faith in Jesus, and that allows me to change spiritually, but now my soul still needs some additional changing. So what, I'm, what am I saying? I'm saying there's kind of two phases to your change. One is spiritual, and that's first, but then there's this practical side that says this mind has to change. But grace has given me the power to change because grace gave, is Jesus, and grace gave me access to the Holy Spirit. If you understand that, say amen. 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 All right, let's keep going. 
All right, so let's go to uh, Romans chapter 8. Let's look at verse 1. This is neat because it's a Bible study, and we can kind of take our time and kind of walk through this because so often when I've heard this taught before, it hadn't been taught kind of from those two prongs. You know what I mean? It's like a change in the sense of let's just general, you can change. And I'm like, yeah, I can change, but I just kept thinking about spiritual change. You know, this, this change, as a matter of fact, I want to kind of show y'all this so you'll see the two different ways. But I, I just thought about somebody was playing tic-tac-toe on the board, uh, apparently. <laughs> Tell me when you can see it. Can y'all see that? Okay, two of y'all can see it, okay. What about now? Can you see that now? Okay. All right, so you have, like we just said, we change. Melissa, would you mind coming up and maybe helping me? keep this legible <laughs> so we change but then there's these kind of like I said there's these two types of change so we'll put one on one side and one on the other side so uh, so put spirit and then soul over there we're just going to say this one more time and then that way we can all see it so you have your spirit change and then you have the soul change uh-huh so I guess we'll use this part maybe as a little quick quiz based on what we just talked about. <laughs> okay, so my, my soul is my what? My mind, my will, my emotions, my thinker, my chooser. Okay, uh, my spirit is the real me. Okay, and my spirit and my soul live in my body. Okay, so we can change multiple ways in our spirit, we can change in our soul, and we can also change physically in our bodies. When we are saved, who changes our spirit? Yeah, God does. And I can change in my spirit according to the scriptures we just read by having what and who? Okay, so spirit change comes from having what and who? Faith, so right, yeah, faith there. And then it's faith, as y'all said, in Jesus Christ. Yeah, Jesus or Jesus Christ. So faith in Jesus Christ. Now, if I have faith in Jesus Christ, my spirit changes, and some of the benefits of this spirit change is what? Freedom from Hell, yep, not going to hell, so no hell. <laughs> yeah, just keep putting no hell over there. No hell, uh, what else? What's another one? When I, when I, uh, I'm the righteousness of God, so that's a plus. I become the righteousness of God. I have access to the Father. So you see, there, there's these spiritual pluses, right? Uh, freedom from the law, we just read that. We're released from the law. So all of these are a part of this spiritual uh, change. Uh, oh, the, the penalty and the power, the penalty and the power of sin is paid for. So you have these very strong and solid facts that come with your spiritual change. So the penalty and, uh, oh, uh, freedom from the law, and then the penalty and power of sin are, are paid for. And there's a bunch of other things, there's a bunch of other things that come with that. 
But I want you to really see this difference because we often focus on this type of change, this spirit change, and then when it comes to actual soul change, most Christians just struggle. Can we be honest? Because this is a penalty and power uh, from, of, of sin is paid for. Penalty, the penalty and power of sin, yeah, it's paid for. <laughs> so this change, when you get saved, it takes place. It's a change that exists, but you can't really see it. Amen? None of these things are things you see. So you, you, you right now don't see you not going to hell. I mean, it's not a physical thing that takes place. You don't see something change in your body or soul when it comes to being the righteousness of God. You don't see when you get saved, it's not like the sky opens up and you can see access to the Father. Um, you don't see law fall off of you. You know what I mean? It's, these aren't physical or even mental changes. These are spiritual changes that are true and that are benefits to that change. But then when you try to bring them over into real world, people then get stuck because their soul remains the same. Their thinking doesn't fully change. Their habits don't seem to really change unless something miraculous takes place. And then you have a lot of Christians who sit in church and they come to church and they say, but how do I, how do I change cussing my spouse out? How do I change being so angry all the time? How do I change lying and cheating and stealing? And then they come to church trying to find the answer of how do I get better? And what we're often preached to is more of this. You ain't going to hell no more. You are the righteousness. You have access to the Father. You're free from the law. Sin doesn't have any da da da. You know, just believe in Jesus. Believe in Jesus. Believe in Jesus. And we're like, yeah, hallelujah. And you go home and start doing the same stuff that you were doing because you're still like, but how do I change? And this is what I was saying earlier. So Jesus changes you here, but according to the scripture, it's by living in the spirit, go ahead and write that, living in the spirit, that my soul begins to change. Are you seeing, starting to see the separation a little bit between the two? So let's go to, uh, are we in Romans? Romans 8.1, yeah. It says, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to who? Christ Jesus. So, if I belong to Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. I'm not going to be condemned to hell. There is no penalty or power uh, when it comes to sin in my life. There's no condemnation. You can't point to me as a believer in Jesus Christ and say, you're going to hell because you made a mistake, or you're going to hell uh, because you're not living by the law. There's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Keep going. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Keep going, verse 3. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us 
by giving his son. Keep going. As a sacrifice for our sins. So what type of change are we still talking about? The spirit side. Verse 4. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no, longer, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead, so here's this transition, because this has happened, now I can live by my spirit. So once this happens, now this can happen. He did this so the just requirement of the law See, if that fulfillment of the law wasn't done, I could never have an opportunity to follow the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he can't live in me. Why? Because I'm a sinner. But once I'm saved, that old man dies, the Holy Spirit comes and lives on the inside of me, and now I can follow him. He wasn't in me before, so I couldn't follow him, but now I can. Are you listening to me? So once this change takes place first, now I can be changed in my mind, my will, and my emotions. It says, we don't follow our sinful nature, but instead, we follow the Spirit. All right, let's keep going. Any questions on that? Amen. Uh, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. It says, God saved you by His grace. God saved you by His grace. I'm just going to put that down here. Grace saved me and you. Now, we understand that grace is not just a, a name. Grace is a person. Jesus saved us, and Jesus indeed is grace. God saved you by his grace when you did what? What was your job? When you believed. I'll let you write that one so I don't mess up your, your pre-writings. <laughs> so grace saved us, but when does that take effect? When I believe in what grace did. If I don't believe in Jesus, guess what? If I said, hey, here's a car, I got you a car, you've been walking all this time, and you don't believe that that's your car, what are you going to do? You're going to keep walking. Is the car there? Yeah. Is it yours? Absolutely. But you don't benefit from it until you believe me. Salvation has been made available to everybody. Grace gave an opportunity for all of us to be saved. And this is where some people get off. They say, well, everybody's saved. No, he died for everybody to be saved. But it is your belief that grants you access to what grace made available. Are you, are you seeing that? Now, just because I believe, go ahead and write believe in there. Just because I believe in what grace did, does that change my soul? No. And that's what people think. Not yet, exactly. That's what people think. I'm saved, I should be better. Well, there's, there's another part of the process. And that's where many Christians slip off. Grace has saved me, and I believe in what grace did. It says, uh, and, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift of, uh, from God. Keep going. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. So over here, what did you do to change? There's only one thing I do. And it's not even nothing I do with my hands. It's something I do with my heart. Who did all the work for my spirit to be changed, to be rescued? Jesus Christ did. And I am having faith or believing 
in what he did. So there's no work for me to do to change on this side. And that's what Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 is saying. He's saying, listen, it's not a reward for you doing something. This all exists because according to John 3, 16, God loves me. That's a, I have the ability to change. I have the ability to be the righteousness of God. My spirit can be made new simply because God loves me. This is because of, I know she over there freaking out like, oh. <laughs> this, is because, this is because of God's love. Because of God's love, I can change. I believe in what Jesus Christ did. I believe in who God is and I believe that he loves me, so I receive this change. Now I have to make a choice I have to let the Holy Spirit become my God. Let's keep going. Uh, go with me to John 6, 29. Let me just kind of go one step further so you can see about our part of this change. Because I think there, there are also people out there who think they're saved who may find out, uh-oh, I'm not really saved. Because to be saved, you need to believe and have faith in who? but not just in him in general, right? Because how many of you guys know a lot of people believe of Jesus? A lot of people believe of God. But do you believe in what he did for you? It didn't say believe of Jesus. It said believe in Jesus. Believe in what he did for you. Many people believe, oh yeah, Jesus was a prophet. Jesus is the son of God and da, da, da. Yeah, but do you believe he paid the penalty and the price for your sins, and therefore, there is nothing left for you to do. Well, I don't know about all that. Then you're not saved. Because can, can we just take the common sense road of this? Saved from what? I'm saved. Okay, from what? From all of this. I'm saved from not having access. I'm saved from hell. I'm saved. I, he, his actions saved me from all of that stuff. People just throw that word saved out in general and say, yeah, I believe Jesus died for me. Okay, and what did that do for you? What did his death do? What did his blood do? Uh, it helped me go to heaven? Uh, yeah, that's one piece. But many people who just believe that, it helped me go to heaven, what do they turn and do? When it comes to try to live right, they go back to the law. They go back to the rules. Because they don't believe all of what Jesus did. Heaven was just one part. Because many people believe, yeah, he gives me access to heaven, but when I get there, Peter gonna be waiting at the gate with an with a iPad with all of my sins that I gotta now give account for. Wait a minute, I thought Jesus paid the price for those. So, so do you really believe in Jesus and what he did? See, if I really believe in him and what he did, it begins to change the way I'm thinking of what I still need to do. Why is that important? Help me articulate this, Holy Spirit. That's important because you'll be stuck trying to pay this stuff off 
And while you're working, trying to do what he already did, the Holy Spirit's going to be talking to you, trying to lead you in your soul, but your soul is going to be too busy to hear him trying to fix stuff that's already fixed. So you can't hear him saying, don't do this, do that, do this. He's trying to get you to successful living. He's trying to get you to prosperity. He's trying to get you to health and wellness. He's trying to give you all these instructions and leading and guidance, but you can't do that because your religious brain is going so hard at trying to be the righteousness, stay out of hell, have freedom from the law, uh, uh, get, get freedom from sin. You're, you're working doing that and your mind is supposed to be at rest. A mind at rest is a mind that can follow the Holy Spirit. I said a mind that's at rest or peace. We did a whole study on that word peace in different scriptures and it talked about having an assurance in what Jesus Christ did for us. The, the verse that talks about having a peace that passes all understanding to guide your heart and mind, that's not just talking about having a quietness. It says it's talking about having an assurance in what Jesus Christ has done and therefore you're right with God and therefore all the blessings of God are available to you. And that's a peace that passes other people's, other people don't understand that. They're like, how, how do you think all is well in your life? Well, because of Jesus. Yeah. What do you mean because of Jesus? Because of what he did. So I'm good. And when I can rest in that, then guess what? I can hear the Holy Spirit for my everyday life. My eternal life, uh, they write eternal there and write everyday there. My, my, my eternal life has been secured. That's a better way to say this. My eternal life has been secured. I have the power to have victory in my everyday life, but it requires a submitting to the Holy Ghost. And many Christians aren't living victorious just yet in their everyday life because they're still working in their eternal, working on their eternal life. But for your eternal life, all you had to do was believe. Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. This is the only work that God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. This is the only work that God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. Why? Because that takes care of everything else that needs to be done. And it not only takes care of your spiritual eternal life, it gives you access to the power to be successful in your everyday life. So belief in what grace has done, belief in Jesus Christ, takes care of my eternal life as well as victory in my everyday life. If you understand that, say amen. 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 All right, so what does believing in Jesus look like? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Let's go there real quick. I appreciate those who are watching by the internet and flipping between here and the game. God bless you. <laughs> we will be with you in a moment. You know, people are probably at home looking. <laughs> so we'll, we'll be with them in a minute. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. That sounds like success here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
Lean not to your understanding, I think the King James says, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you with which path to take. That sounds like everyday living. That sounds like every day, every day. If I trust him, if I believe in what he, who he is and what he's done, if I believe in God's love for me, then I'm going to wake up every morning and say, which path are we taking today? I don't make a decision without considering my trust. I don't make a decision without considering who do I trust. There's a new job opportunity. Who do I trust, Lord? Do I trust what you're telling me to do, or do I trust the new, the new paycheck that I can get? Somebody's tripping and getting on my nerves. Lord, do I, do, I, do I trust what you're telling me to do in this relationship, or do I trust how I feel? Every decision that we make needs to be ran through the filter of your trust in God. Pause. What is it? Selah, Selah. Salah, <laughs> whatever it is, pause and literally think on, Lord, okay, let me, let me stop before I do anything. Let me get out of my carnal nature and let me make a choice to live in the spirit right now. I have the power to change and, not no, and no longer live by my flesh, but now I'm going to live by what does the Holy Spirit say because I know he's going to give me the perfect path to take. If you understand that, say amen. So, True change doesn't come from me. True change comes from believing and having faith in Jesus Christ. And then true change comes from making the choice to live in the spirit. Now somebody say this with me. True change requires faith. Uh, go to Romans 5, 2. Romans 5, 2. It says, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. So everything we're talking about, this new place that I stand, this undeserved place of being right with God, I only get there through having faith, which makes perfect sense. Because Jesus is the one who brings me there, right? But if I don't believe in Jesus and have faith in Jesus, how, how can you have faith? Uh, imagine, uh, come here, babe. Imagine I'm Jesus, and I want to take Melissa, Pastor Melissa, into this place that she doesn't deserve. Now, what does she have to do to get here? What did you just witness? What was one of the first things she had to do? Yeah, she had to reach out, right? Take my hand and do what? Follow me. Now, let's, let's, let's do this a different way without her trusting and believing. So, does the place exist? It's right there, right? Now, let's say she doesn't believe in me. Am I here? Do I know the way? But if she wants to get there, the only way to get there is by who? By Jesus, by me, right? If she doesn't believe in me, No matter what I do, if she doesn't believe, she doesn't see me. Right, yeah, I can do, he said do a flip. I can do a flip, I can break dance, I, I, whatever. I can do whatever I can do to get her attention, but until she believes, she'll never get there. And, ain't that, and, and here's the good news. 
Jesus ain't going nowhere. He'll, he'll stay there from your life till you pass away. He loves us so much he never leaves. Did, did you know he never even leaves the unbeliever? That's not just for the believer. He'll never leave or forsake any of it. He, he's, he's right there like, listen, help me help you. I love you. I'm not going nowhere. God loves every one of us. And his presence is always there. We just don't have access to it if we don't believe. That's why we got to stop treating sinners like there's some alien who God doesn't know. God knows everybody. God loves everybody. He's right there waiting on everybody, but it requires people to say, I believe in him. And when they believe in him, this is called salvation. The moment you believe, your heart reaches out to God. And now you're saved. Why? Because with him, I'm safe. Because he has taken me to this place. And all I got to do is believe. That's salvation. No, you got to say this big old prayer. That's salvation. Salvation, according to what I just read, is believing. He doesn't reach out. It's not like you get saved and, you know, that's, that's, that's the place of being righteous. It's not like you reach out and he just says, now let's talk about this for a while. <laughs> now, first of all, you got to stop smoking. And then you got to stop drinking. And then you got to, and that's what people believe. I'm not taking you to this place until you act right. No, it says, while we were yet sinners. While we were in our mess, we believe in him. Now my eternal issue is taken care of. With my sin and self, I'm no longer a sinner now because I'm saved. My spirit has now changed. My eternal life issue is taken care of. Now that I'm here with him, I have the opportunity now to make a choice to live by the spirit. But I'm saved. So, so before we can change in our soul, we have to settle the issue that my spirit is good to go. That I no longer have an issue. There's no longer a challenge there. And I think that's why many people have such a hard time hearing from the Holy Spirit. It's because they don't really realize you're saved. Which also means you're safe. When I'm safe, I can relax. I can calm down. I can stop working I can stop performing. I can stop, as um, Pastor Dollar said at one time, I can stop working like a sinner because a sinner who was over there is still working really hard on these things. Man, I wish I, I knew what to do. I wish I, you know, knew how to get out of this mess. I wish I could change. I wish I could change. Sinners think like that, not saved folks. Saved folks are at peace. Saved folks have the power to change because they've received change in their life. Amen? Yeah, let's keep going. We're almost done. With, well, not really, but kind of. All right, let's go to Habakkuk, back to Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. And we're going to look at this in a message Bible. Well, we'll start the NLT, then we'll go back and read it in the message. Uh, 1 through 4. It says, what's God, okay, I will climb up. Mm -hmm. I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post, verse 2. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. 
Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. It seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. That's a bunch of promises. Look at the proud. They trust in themselves and their lives are crooked. But the righteous, say that's me, will live by their faithfulness in, uh, faithfulness to God. We are the righteous and we live by our faithfulness, our belief in who God is and what he's done. And it shows you what that righteousness looks like in the very beginning. He said, I'm going to go to the place I'm supposed to go. I'm going to my watchtower, and then I'm going to listen to what God says. That's the same for us. I know this is in the Old Testament, but it's not necessarily Old Covenant, if you will. It's the way we're supposed to be living. We get to where he says to get, and then because we believe him, and then we say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. You show me the vision. You show me the way. This is how I live a changed life. The old way is trusting, as the scripture, uh, I think verse 3 said, trusting in our own ability. I'm going to come up with the plan of what I need to do. This says, Lord, I have no plan if it doesn't come from you. Because it is only his plans that are promised to come to pass. It's only his plans that will happen. So I might as well submit to living a life in the spirit because that's a life that's following the will and plan of God for my life. Go to Romans, uh, well, let's read this in a message and then we'll go to Romans 12 and then, man, our time is almost about up. Uh, let's go to uh, verse one again, but in the message. It says, what's God going to say to my questions? I'm braced for the worst. I'll climb to the lookout tower and scan the horizon." I'll wait to see what God says. Somebody say, I'll wait to see what God says. That's that, that needs to be the understanding. When I said earlier, every decision I make needs to be ran through the filter of my trust in God, that's what it looks like. It's I'm not doing nothing. I'm going to wait to see what God says. How he'll answer my complaint. Uh, keep going. And then God answered. Write this. Write what you see. Write it out in big block letters so that it can be read how. I'm just going to wait on the Lord and I'm just going to see what's going to happen. No, no, we, we, we see when we run it. Did you see that? We see when we're running. Why, why would I be running? Because I trust him. I trust him. He said go, so now I go. And literally as I'm going, the picture is he's writing and giving me instructions. I trust him so much, I'm not even looking at where my feet are going. I'm just being led by him and heading where he's saying to head. Did you know faith is a verb? Faith is an action word. Faith is me moving in God's direction, or let me say this better. Faith is action based on what grace has made available. Faith is action based on what grace has made available. Faith is not this super spiritual word where I'm just sitting and God's just going to magically do something. No, the picture here is big block letters. 
What does big block letters do? It makes it really plain to read. I ain't got to worry about your cursive squirrel. You write this way, he write that way, this, that. Block letters is, everybody can read that. Yes, super clear, super plain. And to be read on the run. Let's keep going. The vision, message, is a witness pointing to what's coming. Do you see the fact that there's a promise that God will not let you be surprised? There's a promise that, and, and it says this in John about how the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. You don't have to worry about stock, stock market falling or failing. You don't have to worry about what's going to happen if, you know, with this trade war or what's going to happen with the housing market. You ain't got to worry about none of that. Why? Because you're living in the spirit and you're following the vision message of God and he's showing you what to do. And while you're on the run, while you're on the run, he's downloading to you all that you need to know. And the promise is, You'll see what's coming before it gets here. Now, this is only, though, for believers. Not fake believers. This is for real believers. How do I know you're a real believer? Because you're really trusting in him, and we can see it because we see your faith. We see you on the move. We see you on the go. I was talking to a brother earlier. God showed him some things and, uh, in a dream, and, and we were just talking about some things, and he's already made moves on what he was shown. And I said, oh, you ain't playing around. He said, oh, no, no, I, I see what God said, and I'm moving. And I'm talking about big moves. And I'm like, that's, that's faith on the go. Does he have the entire plan? Nah. He just know what God showed him, and he's making moves, and as he's making moves, more is coming in. See, what you got to understand is God will not only sure up your steps as you run, he'll also like the path, and then he'll give you provision. I said, he'll sure up your steps. It's like, oh, Lord, I'm going. And every time you take a step, all of a sudden the ground will be solidified up under you. And then he'll show you the path. And then he'll also give you provision. That's his promise. Uh, let's keep going finish up uh, Habakkuk. It says, pointing to what's coming, it aches for the coming, it can hardly wait. Did you know your blessing can hardly wait for you? <laughs> Did you know your good future is aching and waiting? Come on now, come on, you can do it. Come on, come on. And it doesn't lie. It's true. Keep going. It seems slow in coming, but what, what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? If I believe, if I trust, if I have faith, I'll be willing to wait. I'll be willing to wait. Lord, it seems like I've been running forever. Just keep, just wait on it, wait on it, wait on it. It's on its way. It will come right on time. You got to change the way you think. And you got to understand that God is not operating in your timing. He's operating in his timing. He's operating in his timing. And you got to make a choice tonight that you trust him. The vision that he said, the stuff that he's shown you, don't lose heart, don't lose faith, don't sit down, don't stop moving, don't stop receiving, don't stop believing, don't give up on church, don't give up on everything else. You continue to move, it's coming, but you have to be patient. Patience is a sign of faith. 
Patience is not putting up with. Patience is saying, I'm going to remain constantly the same in my belief because I trust God. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm just going to put up with this. No, 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 you're healed and the manifestation is coming. Your business is successful and the increase is coming. I said your business is successful and the increase is coming. Are you patient, able to wait for God's promises to come to pass? It's on its way. It will come and it will come right on time. It's true. Remember what we said saw earlier right before the scripture? It's not a lie. The vision is not a lie. That's for somebody. I want you to get a hold of that. The vision he's shown you is not a lie. That was real what he showed you. It was the truth. It encompassed who you were, I mean, who you are, and it encompasses who he's called you to be. Look at that man, bloated by self-importance, full of himself, but so empty. A person not living by the Spirit, a person not trusting God, a person not following his voice, it says you, you have an empty soul. But the person in right standing with God, say that's me, the person in right standing before God through loyal and steady believing is fully alive, really alive. Say, that's me. Steady believing. Loyalty to what he says. All of this happens, why? Because I got faith. Because I got faith in what Jesus did. I got faith in who he is. I got faith that he's rescued me. I got faith that he saved me. And as a result, you can see that in my everyday living because I'm loyal to God. I'm moving in the direction he tells me to move. I'm trusting in him. You can see it in the way I live. You can see it in the way I talk. You can see it in how I function day to day. I am a believer. And I believe what his word says. If that's you, then say amen. amen. Can I give you one more scripture? Let's go to Romans. Uh, let's go to Hebrews. Hebrews 10, 37. Hebrews 10, 37, and then we'll close here and we'll pick up on Sunday. Hebrews 10, 37, and we'll look at verse 38 as well. And let's look at this in a New Living Translation. Somebody say this with me. Say, faith, faith. is a positive, positive or confident response, confident response. To, what to what grace has provided. Your faith should see you moving. It should see you moving. There's three ways people move. There's more, but there's, these are three in particular. Number one, we move with our mouths. We move with our mouths. We move with our mouths by talking, and when you talk, we know what you believe to be true. Now, that could be positive or negative. Money might be a little tight and natural, and we see how you move by how you talk. Mama, can I get some new shoes? Girl, I ain't got no money. You're moving with your mouth. You got to be careful how you move. Amen? We also move with our bodies. 
Moving with your body is what you actually do on earth. It's what you actually are physically doing, how you, uh, you know, just what you do. People say, hey, can you, know, you, you want to go do this? And then you won't allow yourself to go do nothing. Why? Because I don't really believe, you know, in the natural. And a lot of our issues, you know, in the natural, they're connected to finances a lot of times. I won't, I won't go do this. I won't go do that. Why? Well, you know, I ain't got no gas money, so, you know, I, I, I ain't going to go do that. God tells you to come serve on a Saturday or something like that. And you're like, no, I got to save this gas for this, that, and other, so you physically stay at home. Then this is not to condemn anybody. I just want you to see how, as Christians, how we move in faith or not in faith. But, man, the person who says, Lord, I trust you. I'm going to follow what you say. They show up and they serve. And you know what? And then gas money's provided. Somehow, they, they always end up having everything they need because they physically don't allow unbelief to hold them back. They're, they're physically living out their faith. Amen? And then the third way is, what did I tell you? I told you your mouth. Yeah, body. Oh, maybe it was just two I wrote down. Oh, no, we move with our minds. We move with our minds. That's actually the first one. So let's skip that one. So we move with our minds, we move with our mouths, and we move with our bodies. When we move with our minds, this is how we think and feel, which leads to the other two. How I think and feel. So do you really believe that he's going to provide the finances? Do you really believe that a way has already been made? If I believe that in my mind, then my mouth will line up and my body will line up. But if I don't really believe it, then I find myself sitting back. And, and, and excuse me for saying it this way, but I, I, I literally sit back and I just disobey the will of God. And be, because I don't see any immediate natural repercussions, many people do that day to day to day. But they don't realize there's big repercussions to that. You miss out on all the blessing God has set aside for your life. You miss out on seeing manifested grace in areas of your life. There are many, many, many people who haven't seen their healing yet because they're moving in the wrong direction with their mind, their mouth, and their body. Healing has been provided, but in order for you to run into it, because it's coming and will not delay, that's a promise. It says, for in just a little while in Hebrews, the coming one will come and he's not delaying. Well, Jesus didn't delay and nor is your blessing. It's there, but how are you moving? Go real quick to verse 38. It says, and my righteous ones will live by what? By faith. But I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But my righteous ones, they're living by faith. They're moving in the right direction with their minds, with their mouth, and with their bodies. The question I have to ask is, am I truly, if I want to change, and I want things in my life to change, am I truly having faith in God? Am I truly having faith in Jesus Christ? Because you need to understand this, faith, your faith does not move God. He was already moved by the obedience of Jesus. God was already moved when Jesus went up on that cross. Faith does not move God. Faith moves you into the right position to receive the manifestations of grace. Faith is for you. 
I said, faith is for you. Faith is, God believed in Jesus. That's why he sent Jesus to do the work that we couldn't do. So God has already been moved on your behalf. Now faith moves you to, first of all, believe so that your spirit's good to go, but faith also moves you to obey the Holy Spirit so that every day you can run into the blessings of God in your life. But the thing is, this mind has to change so that you can believe. Now, I mean, guys, I mean in every area of our lives. Because for some of us, we're good to go. Can I give you one more scripture? <laughs> some of say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of y'all like, mm, the game on. Okay, one more, just one more. Romans 12, 1 and 2. And then we'll stop for real. We'll stop for real, I promise you. As a matter of fact, I'm going I'm to close my Bible. I'm just going to read it from up here. Because <laughs> I, I want to end on this scripture. And then I'll finish what I was about to say. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. This is making a little bit more sense now. Give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Make the choice to accept that your spirit has changed, renew this mind so it can change, and as a result, move with these bodies in line with him because you believe in him. Verse 2. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Verse 2, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. They walk in unbelief. They don't trust him. They don't live in faith. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. God has taken the responsibility to change you. Keep going. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. That's that everyday perfect will, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Oh, yeah, we'll stop right there. So how do I know his good and pleasing and perfect will? Once I allow him to transform the way I think. I'm saved. My spirit's good to go. But now this thinker, has to be transformed. And who transforms? Uh, what happened to the blue? Who transforms me? Transforms. And who does that? God. God transforms me. You have to type, okay. God transforms me. God changes the way I think. So if I want to live by the Spirit, if I want to be able to present this body, because once I'm transformed, now I can present this body. Present my body. Many people are trying to present their body, but there hasn't been a transformation. So it only, only, it only lasts for so long. Why? Because that's willpower. To try to present your body without allowing God to change the way you think with the help of the Holy Spirit, you're operating in willpower. And you, you, you're pretty good. You, do, you could do good for about three months. Some of y'all like, not even that long. <laughs> and then you wonder, why do I keep starting and stopping, starting and stopping, starting and stopping? Because there's not true change that has taken place. 
you're trusting more in your ability than in God's ability. And when you stop and back up and say, you know what, Lord, just like I couldn't save myself here, I cannot save myself and my soul. You have your spirit salvation, but then there's also this soul saving or changing that has to take place too. And if I want to truly be changed in my soul, just like I had to have faith in Jesus Christ, now I have to have faith in God via the Holy Ghost to change me on the inside. My spirit has been changed, but now for my soul to be changed, I have to stay in the same humble position I was to get saved. And I have to now say, Lord, I still need your help. What we did is we said, Lord, I, I'll receive your help for my spirit to be changed. And then we got saved and then we took back over. We got saved and we said, okay, I got this now, Lord. Thanks, I appreciate you making sure I don't go to hell, but, but now I'm good. I, I, I'll, I'll make sure I can stop smoking. I'll make sure I can stop fornicating. I'll make sure I'll stop lying. I'll, I'll do what needs to be done. And he's like, you, you, you can't do that either. You're going to need me to further help change you. Now, here's the good news. He loves us so much, he gave us the perfect solution to that too, and that is the Holy Ghost. And as he is given rule on the inside of us, we begin to produce the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is love. Some of us are trying to change and produce, produce the fruit of the Spirit. My first recommendation to you is relax. My first recommendation to you is be at peace. Be at ease. Be still. Be still in what? Know. Know that God lives on the inside of you. Know that he that has begun a good work in you will complete it. Know that the Holy Spirit knows how to change you. But your first step is have faith. You have faith in him to get saved, now have faith in him to change you. Have faith in him to grow you. His love for you did not stop at just saving you. He wants to finish the process in making you who he's called you to be. Amen? Amen. Well, I guess we're going to have to stop right there, guys. If you got anything out of that, let's give God a hand clap of praise. We'll just continue to go through that. We're going to pick up right on this spot on a Sunday. And we're just going to uh, continue to trust and walk with God. Just want to give you guys a quick announcement. Uh, on Wednesday nights, what we're going to start doing is doing our giving by text to give. How many of you guys know what text to give giving is? How many of you guys do not know what text to give giving is? Okay, so for those of you guys who do not know, it's what we have up here on the screen. Uh, and I think even we, we have a new phone number we're going to be going to uh, here. So we'll show you guys that next week. But we already do this out in our south location, and it works perfectly. Uh, we just have everybody give by text, and it just kind of makes it simpler uh, in the process of, you know, counting and all that type of stuff. So literally, you just follow the instructions on the screen. Uh, and if you want to practice that right now, you can. For all of you guys who are planning on giving tonight, literally, you just open up a new text. And uh, I think this, this number still works, right? Yeah, uh, but we'll be showing you the new number here shortly in a few uh, weeks. Uh, you open up a new text and you go to uh, 41444 is what you put into the number you're texting to. 
and then the actual message, you put WCTX, H-O-U, that makes sure your gift goes to World Changers account. Uh, and then literally you hit send. Once you hit send, you'll get a message back. So if you're walking along with me in this, you can walk along right now and do it. You'll see a message comes to you and then it'll say, uh, what does it say? Like, uh, yeah, you click there and then it's gonna take you to an actual page. On that page, you will see different denominations you can give in. It's like, like I think like 5, 10, 25, 50 or something like that. And then there's an area for other. Uh, if you're giving other, like when I give my tithes, I do it this way and I just click other and you can type in any amount that God tells you to that's in the bank. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> because when you do text to give, it's just like any other transaction uh, on your car is going to come out at that moment and everything like that. So we want to make sure that you, you know, don't end up with fees or whatever like that. So while you are giving in faith, we want to make sure that, you know, follow the Holy Spirit and follow what's in the, in the bank account. Uh, and then when you fill the, that out, I think it asks for your information right below that, your general information and your card information. And then when you're done, you literally hit submit. And then once you submit it, uh, a receipt comes to your email address that you have set up and it'll give you an immediate thank you for your gift and your donation. Uh, now the good thing about text to give is you don't even have to wait till you're at church. Uh, it, you can do it any day, anytime, or whatever like that. But, so let's say you're like, oh man, okay, cool. I had a check, but I wanted to get that way, but I think I'll just go home and just do this. It's fine that way. Uh, it, it literally immediately comes in uh, with no no problem. Now, if if by if you were planning on giving tonight and all you have was cash, or you have a check or something like that, uh, uh, John's going to have a bucket when we walk out. You can definitely still get grab an envelope, put that in the bucket because we're just starting this tonight. We wanted to give you guys the heads up and a chance to give this way. But if you absolutely have to use an envelope tonight, feel free to still use that and then drop it in the bucket. Any questions on text to give? Does everybody understand that? Speak up. Yeah, you know, on Sunday you can use text to give or you can use the offering envelopes. Uh, that's still going to be pretty much the same. You can use either or. Um, but yeah, on Wednesday nights and on Thursday nights, we're trying to go just strictly to text to give. So also for those who are giving uh, and you're watching us through the stream, uh, most of you guys give through text anyway. But again, that'll be the way that we'll be using uh, on Wednesday nights and on Thursday nights. Amen. So let's pray over this offering and then Michael's gonna come up and, and get it ready to close us out. Father God, we thank and praise you for the seed that we're sowing on tonight. We thank you, Father God, that we give cheerfully and we give uh, in faith, believing, Father God, uh, that you are the one directing this seed. Uh, our tithes and our offering are just a reflex of love for you. We love you, Father God, so we give. And we thank you that it's already blessed. The seed has everything in it to grow. So we place a demand on that growth, and we believe we receive it in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. Michael, come on up. Guys, we love you guys so much, and we look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Amen. Amen. What an awesome word. Thank you, Pastor. You guys, give Pastor an awesome round of applause. Wonderful word, wonderful man of God. Now give God a big round of applause for that word. Amen. God is good. Thank y'all for coming out, and we also uh, never want to um, not give the opportunity. We always want to give three appeals, and those appeals are, one, definitely to um, be a member of this, of this congregation, of this church. 
if this is the body of Christ that the Lord is laying on your heart to join and be a part of, and even those of you streaming by YouTube, you're not here physically, but on Sunday or Wednesday, you can be here physically to also um, take part in this opportunity, and that is to come down and, and, um, and take this time to join this ministry, as well as um, salvation. We never want to take for granted that the teaching that pastor is giving tonight, um, that everyone knows Christ, amen? That everyone actually believe in what he's done. So we definitely want to give that appeal. And then thirdly, the opportunity to receive the gift of uh, speaking in tongues. So we have the Holy Spirit, but there's a gift in that, that, that physical gift of speaking in tongues. So, so that prayer language that you have, that we have, that no one understands, but we're praying the perfect will of God. So we have that opportunity. So if anyone here um, wants to come and acknowledge any one of those appeals, we ask you to stand and just kind of take time and uh, talk to each other and ask that question uh, to each other. We want all that God has for us. Amen? All that God has for us. And, and, and like Pastor said, we want to make sure we take care of we, we, the spirit part is done so now we're moving over in our soul is right because we're we're making sure that we understand our spiritual life amen okay so if everyone is good we'll go ahead and and, and pray out just uh continue to stand go ahead and lift your hands and let's just thank god for this evening and and let's just um just pray out so father god we thank you thank you for your word we thank you that your word is alive we thank you that um that we are believers and that we walk in faith and we trust you we thank you, Father God, that as we go, we go in safety. We thank you that, uh, that, that we go in your grace and that we also take this word and, and we extend your grace unto others. So they will be compelled to come and to learn and to know about the loving um, grace of your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you now and we ask you uh, for your true blessings upon this week and bless the Astros tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, they're up so far, so y'all be blessed.